Star City. It's your man, Big Pat, the voice of your Charlotte Hornets. And you're listening to the All Hornets Podcast Network, presented by Sports Illustrated. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. City, it's your man Big Pat, the voice of your Charlotte Hornets, and you're listening to the All Hornets Podcast Network, presented by Sports Illustrated. Hello and welcome to the Hornets and Heartbreak Podcast. My name is Mark Bernanke and I'm here with my co-host, Tim Rogers. What's up, Tim? What it do, Liquor Mark? I'm doing pretty well, man. Hornets and Heartbreak, that's the name of the show, Tim. And we have rehired Steve Clifford, uh, the previous coach of the Horn Cats. He coached for us for five years uh, before James Borrego. We went with James Borrego for a little bit. And I guess we just we just need a little bit more of, of Clifford. Uh, we're going back to Steve Clifford. Tim, give me your instant reaction to Steve Clifford's hiring. All right, so I'm not, I'm not trying to be, like, morose about anything, but uh... – I would say this has been the worst stretch, like these last 10 days for the Hornets, really the last like two months, starting at the play-in game. I think it's been the worst stretch we've had since Mitch Kupchak came on board. Yeah, I would agree. To give you some highlights from that period of time, James Borrego fired, the Miles Bridges Cup incident, Montrez Harrell charged, Kenny Atkinson hired, Kenny Atkinson reneges on hiring, Jalen Duran traded for Nuggets pick, which will be in the 20s and three second round picks last night. And now the Steve Clifford hiring. Um, 
you know, we're going to give some like positives to the hiring at some point in the podcast, but we have to start off on this note. My initial reaction was like shock. I was definitely like, is this a simulation? Like, are we living in a simulation? Is, is this real life? We're rehiring a coach that we just had not that long ago. And that I, I, I assumed when the reports came out that he was, you know, a potential candidate, I assumed that was not, not true. And it, it was true to him. He's coming back. Uh, Steve Clifford, lifetime winning percentage of 45.8%. I don't think Steve Clifford is a bad coach. I just think it's unorthodox, to put it kindly, uh, to be rehiring a coach that we have previously fired. (laughs) Yeah, I can't. I I go back and forth between like, this is like the least inspired hire you could possibly have. But then I'm also like, maybe this is a galaxy brain type thing. I was like, maybe this is genius. Like, <laughs> how many coaches, how many franchises fire a coach and then bring him back? And, uh, you know, there, there's some history of that, you know, like Brian Hill in Orlando, uh, Mike Brown in Cleveland. It's happened in the NFL and MLB more often. Red Holtzman, the uh, New York Knicks. But, uh, I I can't wrap my head around it. It's just okay, so Mitch Kupchak in his press conference, you know, to end the season, pretty much said, yeah, a good portion of the reason that James Brego was fired is because he wasn't playing the draft picks enough. And then you bring in Steve Clifford. It's just, <laughs> just it doesn't really add up. Yeah, Steve Clifford. Like the reason why we have some disdain towards Steve Clifford as as the Hornets head coach was because he didn't play the young guys back in the day. Malik Monk, Tim, your boy, uh, perhaps your favorite Hornets player of all time, uh, (laughs) did not get enough minutes his rookie season under Steve Clifford. And I have this, like, very clear memory of you just, like, on a daily basis complaining to me about Malik Monk's (laughs) minutes under Steve Clifford. Um, and he's, he's not, he's not one to play young guys. Uh, you know, like we're, I'm not sure if Mark Williams is going to get the kind of minutes that we want. I'm not sure if book Knight's going to get the minutes we want. Kai Jones. It seems like, I mean, he has a better, uh, defensive style than James Borrego without a doubt. That's one thing that he adds, but the fact that he doesn't play young guys is just the exact same thing as James Borrego. Um, and I would have much preferred Mike D'Antoni. I would have much preferred Mike D'Antoni as the coach, but let's try to be a little bit positive. I think that this is not as bad as last night was when we, when the Hornets traded uh, Jalen Duran for essentially just like a worse first round pick in the future. I think that this move is more, more understandable, but still not what I wanted. Yeah, last last I have to say, so we traded the 13th pick for Denver's first rounder that is top 14 guaranteed, or top 14 protected, which is guaranteeing it will literally be a worse pick value-wise. There, it's it's not possible to get like you know better better value. And, you know, if we if we're spending things positively, one thing I've considered is uh suddenly Miles Bridges posting you know drinking lean allegedly. Maybe it makes more sense. Maybe he knew that Steve Clifford was coming. <laughs> uh, oh, my goodness. Yeah, so Lamelo tweeted out uh, last night when Mark Williams was drafted. Tough with multiple Fs, Tim. I don't see the same tweet from Lamelo after uh, Steve Clifford's hiring. 
I don't see something similar. I don't see like that emoji with like the smoke going going out your mouth. You know, I don't see anything like that uh, necessarily in support of the move. Um, whereas I think if somebody like D'Antoni were hired, it would have been more exciting for the players. Um, you know, let's let's just get into it. I I think that the reason that we hired Steve Clifford it, as opposed to Mike D'Antoni is that Steve Clifford was probably asking for a little bit less money than Mike D'Antoni would have demanded. Um, also, he's one of the few coaches that we did not interview prior to uh, Kenny Atkinson reneging on his agreement to become our coach. So perhaps we just lost, you know, respect with some of those other coaches. Obviously, we had another meeting with D'Antoni, but maybe his price went up um, in in that meeting. And, you know, we're, go- we're going back to the old school Steve Clifford defensive style, Tim. That is one thing that is good, right? In four out of five years, he was the head coach of the Hornets. He had an above average defense. The only year we that he didn't have an above average defense with the Hornets was in his last season when he was dealing with health problems. So... Um, in terms of that, our defense is projected to immediately get better with Clifford at the helm. Like his teams were always very good at defensive rebounding. Uh, they didn't foul a lot. He makes sure that the team plays good defense. And he did that in Orlando as well. Another thing is he made the playoffs in four of his eight seasons as a head coach. He was the head coach of the Magic for three seasons, made the playoffs twice there and made the playoffs twice with the Horn Cats as well, uh, once with the Bobcats and then once with the Hornets. So he has at least brought teams to the seventh and eighth seed. Not particularly inspiring, but, I mean, maybe it's going to get us on the right track, Tim. What do you think? Yeah, I think that it's it's easy to clown guys like him and like even like Scott Skiles or like Larry Brown late career where it's like, Okay, well, like, you know, they get you to like a certain level of respectability. It's not like the, it's not a, it's not a sexy hire, I guess would be the thing. But I think that Steve Clifford is a good coach. I think that it's, it's weird just based on the history. It's just kind of, it's, it's hard. Again, it's just hard to wrap your mind around, you know, especially we drafted last night without having a coach and we were obviously considering Mike D'Antoni. And I can't really think of two coaches that are on different ends of the spectrum more so than Mike D'Antoni and Steve Clifford. So it just kind of makes me wonder what the front office, what Mitch Kupchak is thinking. But I mean, at the very, at the same time, like Steve Clifford, very serviceable coach. Again, as you said, like great defense, that has been our problem under Borrego. Uh, But yeah, we'll see. I also think it's kind of funny that Borrego coached with the Orlando Magic as an interim head coach and then came to Charlotte and Steve Clifford. They pretty much switched roles, and now he's back. And I like to think that James Brago will be returning to Charlotte about three or four years from now. Yeah, we're just going to cycle coaches with Orlando uh, for the next <laughs> for the next decade. Two franchises in small markets. Um, you know, when when he was our coach, Tim, I think most people liked the you know Steve Clifford during the first couple of seasons when we made the playoffs in 13, 14, 15, 16, where things started to go downward was like that 16, 17, 17, 18 uh, time frame. And a lot of coaches struggle kind of keeping the locker room in their fourth and fifth season. That's not necessarily a knock on him. And like you said, I think he is, he's, he's like a safe pick. He's, he's a middle of the road coach. 
he's not going to be the best coach in the league. No, I don't think we're, we're going to come on here and say that, but he's also not going to be the worst coach in the league. And there's something to be said about that. I think there's more, we're talking about, we're talking about like draft picks in, in recent times, right? There's more bust potential with Kenny Atkinson actually than there is with Steve Clifford. Um, I don't, he's not going to be the worst coach in the league next season. Whereas Kenny Atkinson could have been a complete flop. Uh, he also had more upside as a coach, I believe. But Steve Clifford just kind of is what he is. Uh, he's going to come in. He's going to make our defense better. It's it's just the parody of us hiring a coach that we just had that is is mind boggling. Uh, that that aspect I'm not going to be able to get over for a very long time. Like I said, it feels like we're living in a simulation. I I can't believe it. Um, also, Steve Clifford. A lot of people, you know, might think. Oh, he's been in the league forever. He's only 60 years old. He's not, he's not that, uh, not, not that old of a coach. He's, he's going to be able to come in and connect with the players, um, to a reasonable degree. None of the players on our roster, I believe, were on the team when Steve Clifford was previously here. So, um, yeah, that's something to say as well. It's not like we're bringing in a coach that coached the team we have now. It, it was a completely different roster. I would, uh, I would pay, I would pay good money. To uh, to watch the first interaction between Steve Clifford and Lamelo Ball. <laughs> yeah, me as well, dude. Hundred percent. Yeah, I would love to be in that room. Also, yeah, I like I like to think that uh, you know, Clifford just comes in. He's talking to Miles Bridges, and he's like, you know, like the Midwestern rap game is very interesting. He's like the <laughs> the, the flow that you guys have in Detroit versus you know Indiana. That's a really big difference, man. So, like, you know, who's your producer? So, I mean, I, I think, yeah, I think it, I think it'd be very good. And like, you know, Atkinson, I think, gets a lot of credit, but I think that it's built around, you know, the general, like, you know, front office in, uh, in Brooklyn, which is known to spend more money than most teams on, like, an analytic department. Uh, you know, whereas, like, I think the Hornets, I think we have four people in our department. And I think the Nets had, like, 20. Yeah. So I think that, yeah, he gets, he gets some just credit for generally stuff that he wasn't really involved in. And like the big selling point with Atkinson was like, oh man, he really, he got scrappy teams to perform well on defense. Well, it's like, well, Steve Clifford's done that and he's been more successful at it where it's like, you know, as bad as some of those Nets teams were, it's not like Steve Clifford has been coaching the 2017 Warriors. Right. Yeah. He had some bad teams in Charlotte. He had some bad teams in Orlando and turned some of those teams into Playoff teams led the Hornets to a 48 win season, the best season in Horncats history, you know, since we became the Bobcats uh, and then switched to the Hornets. That was our best season in 15 16. So he has had success. It's just an uninspiring hire. I don't think we, we don't need to mince words. Like, we, that's, that's what it is. But um, it could go better than I think a lot of people are thinking at this very moment, because it just sounds so bad. Uh, the funniest tweet of the day goes to this guy, Travis Hancock. I saw, I saw it on Twitter. He tweeted, uh, NBA is wild. Hornets hired a coach who has the same name as a previous coach they had, <laughs> which that's is just, just hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's like a Mitch Hedberg joke. Yeah. That was, that's, that was great. And yeah, I think that, you know, it's very easy to just be, you know, down on Clifford, but I mean, I think, you know, for people, I know that you love the 2016 Hornets more than pretty much anyone on earth. Right. And I mean, he did, you know, obviously Kemba did a lot of the work himself, but like he was a part of like, you know, Kemba's entire prime. 
was built around, you know, he, he navigated from Al Jefferson being an all NBA player to turning the keys over to Kemba Walker. Jeremy Lamb was fantastic. Uh, you know, as far as Jeremy Lamb goes, um, was great under there. Yeah. But I think that, I think there's more upside than, than people are leading on. And I think that LaMelo will have higher usage. Uh, Steve Clifford loved running pick and roll through Kemba. I mean, he just spammed pick and roll all the time. And, you know, maybe LaMelo will get a little annoyed of getting yelled at for, you know, sleeping on defense from time to time. But LaMelo, I think, will have the ball in his hands more than he had last season or, you know, his rookie year. So, I mean, I think, it, I think it'll all even out. Cool. So I have some over-unders here, Tim. Um, like I said earlier, I remember you just being despondent at Malik Monk's lack of minutes in Malik Monk's rookie year when Clifford was our coach. That was a long time ago now, Tim, but let's see how much that has, has pained you now and how you're going to answer these over-unders. It's all just minutes played. So we'll start with Mason Plumley. He averaged 24.6 minutes per game last year. We just drafted Mark Williams, but we also signed Mason Plumley to $9 million uh, deal instead of releasing him and saving a few million. So Hornets might have intentions of Mason Plumley being a part of our rotation over or under 24.6 minutes per game this year. That's what he had last year. I would put the over under at 24.6 rebounds per game. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's, he's why Steve Clifford wanted to come to Charlotte. Mason Plumley, yeah, they're, they're a match made in heaven. I think that, uh, realistically joking, uh, of course, but yeah, I think that, I think he'll be right around 25 minutes a game. Maybe, maybe a little under, uh, Mitch Kupchak in the, uh, press conference last night was just like, yeah, you know, I don't really know how many minutes Mark Williams is going to get. It's like, you know, when you have a great savvy veteran like Mason Plumley, to just hold down the fort, you know, it's, it's tough to crack that rotation. It's just like, man, I really want to believe in the Hornets, but God, that is just the worst thing I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah. That could be an organizational failure. Uh, not, not just the Clifford thing. I think, I think I'm with you. It's going to come in right about the same number. Mark Williams taking 15 minutes and PJ Washington taking a few minutes too at the five. Uh, James Booknight last year played 304 minutes. We're expecting him to get a lot more minutes this year. So I put the over under at a thousand minutes played this next season. Are you going to take the over or under with Clifford notorious for not playing the young guys? James Booknight is going to play negative 35 minutes a night. <laughs> <laughs> like, and I, I want to believe in him. I like, you know, I've, again, I've, I was scorned by Malik Monk and the Steve Clifford era. I just can't imagine that after what happened with that, that Steve Clifford's going to be like, Oh, this book night guy is fantastic. Like, gonna give him minutes. I, I would, but again, coaches change. So, but realistically, I am gonna say under, under a thousand minutes. All right, here's my take. So, when he was the coach of the Hornets last, that was in his final season when he wasn't playing Malik Monk and was feeling the pressure to win. Mm. Right? He's coming in in his first year. He's not gonna have that same kind of pressure. And at least in his first year, I don't think we have to worry about him not playing the young guys as much as we did in the past because of that lack of pressure to necessarily be super successful in his first season, right? Um, so I'm actually going to take the over. I think I think Book Knight's going to play, and I think he'll come in. And again, like in his third season, whoever we draft that year, that's the time to raise the red flags. Like that person's probably not going to play. But in the first in the first year, a second year player like Book Knight. 
Now, Kai Jones might not play at all, but uh, both nights going to crack the rotation. It'll be interesting to see what we do with Cody Martin in the offseason because if Cody Martin Ooh. gets re-signed, Cody Martin's playing 48 minutes a game under Steve Clifford. I'm going to say, <laughs> I'm gonna say, say right yes. now. Yeah. Steve Clifford might just think Cody Martin's like Courtney Lee. You <laughs> might just have no idea. Otherwise, I do think that's a I think that's a great point about the pressure. I hadn't I hadn't considered that. Um, so I mean, a thousand minutes. I mean that that comes out to what roughly about fifteen minutes a game, right? And like some injuries in there. You know, we're doing total minutes per 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 uh, yeah. the whole season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think I think that's interesting. And uh, yeah, I do I do like the point about you know maybe feeling pressure. I kind of, uh, this is my pet theory, and there, like, no one's ever said anything, so I'm most likely wrong. I kind of think that Steve Clifford got fired because he wasn't playing Malik Monk. Mm. I might, I might just be crazy because Malik Monk kind of exploded at the end of that season. Exploded. I mean, by Malik Monk standards, I guess I should <laughs> say. I guess I've just watched too many highlights of his games against the Bulls in April of, you know, 2018. Um, but yeah, so maybe, you know, lesson learned. I think Jason Kidd's a really good example where like when Jason Kidd was in Brooklyn and when he was in Milwaukee, he was considered like the worst coach in the league. And then he just led a team to the Western Conference Finals. Granted, he had Luka Doncic, but like in the same way that players can change, I think coaches can change as well. And I think that it's just good to have a good faith belief in uh, Steve Clifford. No reason to be negative in June, but we can be negative in January. Yeah, yeah, it, things could very quickly turn. And, I mean, I'll, I'll say it again. It's it's embarrassing that we have hired a coach <laughs> that we just had. Like, it, it's not a good look, for sure, for the casual fan. But I think that come, you know, come the actual start of the season, people might be like, oh, good hire. You know, it's, it's very possible. It's very possible. It's not like we're just going to immediately get worse under Steve Clifford. I don't think that's going to happen. Um I think there are better hires to make. I think Mike D'Antoni would have made more sense. But it's also it's also not the worst hire. It's just funny. Let's just let's just say like <laughs> say it how it is. It's just hilarious. Like I mean, it's it's doesn't make any sense to to do that. It's not common. Um, Lamelo over <laughs> under thirty two point three minutes per game. That's his. That's what he got last year. Um, I'm banging that over. All right, explain yourself. Um, I just think that Steve Clifford. I mean, Steve Clifford made. He got DJ Augustine a $25 billion contract. Mm-hmm. Steve Clifford likes, you know, like a lead ball handler. Ball accounts, you know, we were talking about Kemba. And, yeah, I mean, some of the frustrations with Borrego, you know, stemming from, you know, the first game LaMelo played. People have been banging the door for him to get more minutes. And, yeah, I mean, I think that 34 minutes a game, I think that's, I think that's pretty feasible. And, you know, without, you know, we're unsure what's happening with Isaiah Thomas. Uh, you know, there's... We we essentially just don't have a backup point guard. Right, currently. Kemba coming back? Kemba coming back? I'm kind of in on that. Like, I don't think that it, I don't think it, like, would make a lot of sense, but, like, I mean, who cares? We're not going to win a championship. It could be fun. By all and accounts, he's about to get bought out by the Pistons, right? Yeah. So, I mean, if Kemba comes back and reunites with Steve Clifford and he hits one big shot in a fourth quarter in, like, a March game, Oh, we'll remember it for the rest of time. Yeah, yeah, I kind of, I'm kind of into it. I'm kind of into it. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, as a, as a clear backup to Lavello coming off the bench, running bench units. It's been he's had his role misunderstood <laughs> here the past couple of years with Boston and New York. Yeah, you know, I mean, who, who likes Boston anyway? So I mean, that's that's their fault. I do have to say one, kind of out there, but 
I relate to the Hornets a little bit. I, uh, I dated a girl for the entire time Steve Clifford was, was, uh, was the coach. And then, you know, obviously as, as teenagers do, we broke up. But then like three and a half years later, we ended up going out a couple more times. And, uh, it was, it was, it was a fun three months. <laughs> Yeah, well, hopefully this lasts longer than uh, that relationship three months did with you, uh, Tim. Uh, hopefully, we can get we can get another another five years out of Steve Clifford here. Um, another over under: uh, How many passive aggressive tweets do players get off about Clifford this season? Uh, I mean, it's got to be got to be about you know if Montrez was still going to be on the team. Yeah, Trez is already doing doing uh, cryptic tweets about just like nothing sometimes. So uh, yeah, go ahead. It's it's uh, it's cracking me up. Like you know, Young Thug is in jail and he's like releasing freestyles over the phone. I like to think that Montrez is just like in the county jail in Louisville, but he's like, yo, let me let me get this tweet off real quick, officer. (laughs) (laughs) Get this. Uh, all right, final thing. Bring back Bismack. What do you think? I mean, Max Bismack out. <laughs> that's that's another you know Charlotte to Orlando pipeline. Yeah, nice. I mean let's let's just do it. Uh, you know, people they're they're worried about eight and leaving, but they really should be worried about Bismack coming Charlotte. One hundred percent. All right. Any final thoughts on on the Steve Clifford uh, hiring here, Tim? Before we before we get out of here and release this episode. No, I, I, I really just every five minutes, I go from wanting to cry to just being like, dude, this, this might be the best thing that ever happens to LaMelo's career. So I'm, I'm all over the place. I still, I think that Hornet fans, I think it's worthy to go in with good faith on yeah. this thing. I don't, I don't think it's as big, like when I first heard the news, I thought it was like just complete abject failure. But now um, maybe I've just talked myself into it through the Kool-Aid. But yeah, I think that I think we could do much worse than Steve Clifford. And yeah, to, to piggyback off that, I think this is more understandable than our trade last night, right? Like more, more upset at the trade last night. After thinking about it, it's like, you know, Clifford was $2 million less expensive than Mike D'Antoni. Wanted to save a little bit of money on the coach, whatever. We're used to it. The Hornets do that a lot. Um, and I don't think he's necessarily going to be worse than Mike D'Antoni would. Uh, Mike D'Antoni might have had more of a bust potential as a coach than Clifford. I'll say that again. Like, he's going to be a middle-of-the-road coach at the very least. And, yeah, whenever we have an ESPN game, since he's from the Jeff Van Gundy coaching tree, he'll just be talking about him like he's Red back. So there's, there's at least some positive on that. And, yeah, regarding the trade last night, I don't think I'll ever understand it. Uh, if anyone listened to the draft episode last night, uh, completely candid response. I, I just, I still don't understand it and maybe mm-hmm. never will. So, yeah, I and mean, I think, I think this is, I would just categorically define it as it's fine. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get out of here on that, Tim. Uh, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Uh, that'll help us boost our numbers for the podcast and get people finding us. Share with a friend. Um, and also check out the Sports Illustrated Hornets website. We have tons of articles going up there. I think we had like almost 15 articles up last night just about the draft. So check it out. Uh, it's been real, Tim. It's been real, Mark. Be safe out there. Peace. Peace.